You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. And Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, I'm afraid you have to talk me back from the ledge again. Oh, and, no, not again. Uh, yeah. Okay. The president says he has solved the problem of the uninsured. Not only do are there no deductibles on COVID testing, but if somebody has no insurance and has to be treated for the coronavirus, that's okay. They can be treated uh, for the next 60 days, if I understood it right, but the government will pay for that treatment. Very nice, and he took credit a couple of times. I've solved that, and of course, the vice president thanked him for solving it. Now, I don't want to be callous. I'm taking this all very seriously. I think it's a horrid thing we're going through, but you can be treated if you have coronavirus. If you have cancer, sorry, you're out of luck. If you have diabetes, you're out of luck. So here we have the gracious, beneficent government will take care of you on this, but we still do nothing to solve the basic problem that all Americans do not have health care. Am I going nuts here again? Sure. But the thing I um, was curious about, and then they did say, is that hospitals can't bill these folks because that's a little bit of the trap that patients find themselves in no matter what. They go in, I, uh, let's say example of, I didn't have insurance. I go in, the hospital has to treat me by law. The, they, the government then does pay for that. So it's in a sense not giving them anything they, um, the hospitals didn't already do and that we as citizens didn't already have. But the one thing they said is that they can't send a bill for it. That's really the big distinction there. So that I'm sure to the president seems like a big improvement on the way that it was. But you're right, it doesn't solve the underlying problem, which is that as citizens, you don't have the right to medical care unless you have insurance or money. And the other thing I want to say, he keeps mentioning um who is it, Humana or whoever has agreed to waive um, the co-pays? But the co-pays for many people isn't the thing. It's the deductible. And right. so many people have been pushed into these high deductible plans. I have one that when, so your co-pay is whatever that's going to be, but it's the $2,500, the $5,000 before you even get to the copay situation. So I think that the medical bills related to this are really going to be extreme and they're going to make people step back and think, well, oh, maybe Bernie Sanders was right about this. Well, maybe. And you just said before what I think is the central question. Do all Americans, do all human beings have a right to health care? United Nations says yes. Uh, the Catholic Church says yes. This is a basic right of being human. But the United States says no. You do not have that right. And 
The only way you get health care is if you, in some sense, earn it. You earn it because you have a job. You earn it because you have the money and you can pay for it yourself. Or if you're very, very, very poor, we may subsidize you. But it still does not go to that central question, which I think the, the coronavirus has brought up. Does every human being in this country have a right to health care? Isn't that the question? It is. And what's interesting is this, all of what's happening now to us, it's bringing up those questions, the health insurance questions. Do we have the right to be treated if we're ill? Which is maybe a different way to say that. And the other thing we need to think about is if we answer that no, what effect does that have on our economy writ large? The other part of that is I have been thinking a little bit about how Europe is handling this because you don't talk, you don't hear about Europe being thrown into a depression. And I saw today that um, the major European countries, which are talking about France and Germany and Italy, what they're doing is for 30, 90 days, everybody's continuing to get paid and the government will pay the businesses back. Such a logical way to do it. In other words, you have your job. Don't worry about your job. And the, we'll pay up on that later. But for 90 days, everybody stay home and you don't worry about money. We have not done that. And as a result, we have 20% of the population at least, we don't know what the total number is, thrown out of work, insecure in so many ways, and the economy is absolutely thrown into a free fall, a free fall. So which is the better way to do that? We're both gonna end up spending a lot of money, whether it's Europe or the United States, but how long is it gonna take us to dig ourselves back out of what is gonna be a student loan crisis, it's gonna be a mortgage crisis, every single part of the economy is, th is just thrown into um, a crisis that it's going to take a long time to come back out of. And I actually was having a conversation, two conversations today with people I know in the food business. And they're like, if you're in the grocery store space, you're great. But the food service, the restaurant space understands that they are going to be changed forever. Our behaviors will change forever and how many restaurants will survive and what kind of restaurants, nobody knows. That well, I think your economy you, is forever changed. Yeah, and I think your analysis of, of all this is exactly right. But I think the reason Europe was able to do this easily and not go through the pain that we're going through and we're not is because we have to maintain this fiction that we will never be, awful word, a socialist country. And so although we have programs that clearly support people, even though we don't understand the word socialist at all, but we've kind of got this, this deep this idea of rugged American individualism that is so extreme that we can't even go ahead and provide the support that people need without, uh, without going through all sorts of convoluted kind of, kind of loops. 
Hang on, I got a screaming beagle Hello. trying to walk away from Hello, there. Hello, Peanut. Was just saying hi to me. Yeah. But I, I think right. it's such a good point you're making, John, because ultimately we may have to face the fact that socialism and the construct around the evil socialist state, i.e., communist state, is red scare, all that, is a 1950s, 60s kind of way to look at the world. But in the complexity that we live in today in a global economy where there are so many winners and losers, that socialism may be the only way for us to survive. You know, FDR did the same thing, right? Which right. is that for the United States to survive, we got to be a little bit socialist. And then we had the Red Scare and we had all that. And then we had Reagan, right, which set the world up as evildoers, you know. And, and, that, and us, the Americans. But here we are all these years later, and this COVID-19 may get us to reassess that issue. And this is where some progressive voices, Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren, are really, AOC, are really an important part of the discussion. But we can't have that conversation until Trump is gone. Want right. to make that and there's... Note, the last thing he talked about in the press conference tonight was so disturbing because he made the argument against mail voting, voting by mail. That's he's feels strongly about that because he knows he loses if the country votes by mail. Absolutely. And there's one Trump thing from tonight also from the presser that I think goes to this point of why it's so important that we be rugged individual libertarians. He begins the session by saying the CDC, the U.S. government Center for Disease Control, has said Americans should wear masks when they go outside, not to protect themselves, to protect others. But then he's got to say, not only it's voluntary, he explains that and says, that means you don't have to do it and in case I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Because as he explains later, you know, what would I look like sitting behind the beautiful resolute uh, uh, desk? He either the idea of wearing masks is a good idea. You know, that was See, so says is, But he cuts their legs <laughs> off and says, nobody can make me do that. And You know, it's, I hate to laugh about that but it's a great way to end the week. That made me laugh so hard because I thought Trump cares more about how he looks. Like he can't imagine a picture of himself sitting behind the Resolute desk with a mask on because he knows he'll look goofy. And so he refuses to do it. I had this image when I heard that of Bush or Obama just as an absolute moment of leadership wearing the mask sitting behind the desk. But Trump is so afraid to look like a goofball because he has his weird insecurities that he said, I'm not going to do it. And I don't know. On that note, John. On that note, indeed, <laughs> let's make President Trump happy and never shake hands with anybody again in our life because he's never like that. I know. He's a germaphobe. <laughs> okay. All right. We ended the week. Let's take the weekend All off. Right. I'll talk to you. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>